You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Beyond the Game. Hello and welcome again to Beyond the Game. I am Kendall Gammon, your host. Uh, I'm here in just a second. Boomer Grigsby, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Back during my day, is going to join me and we're going to have a great talk. But first and foremost, I want to thank Crown Automotive, Lyle Schneers, Crown Automotive in Lawrence, Kansas, for becoming our new sponsor and helping make this possible. 785-843-7700 for all your new Volkswagen and Toyota needs. Go to crownautomotive.com. And with that, I'm going to bring in my good friend, Boomer Grigsby. Boomer, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It took us a while to get this uh, figured out, but uh, we we do now. Um, we're going to talk, uh, you know, life off the field, life after football. But, you know, the Chiefs are 5-1, and one, and, of course, you're a former Chief. Uh, you've got another life that we'll talk about, but but you know a little bit about them. I just, I'm just i just curious your thoughts in terms of one thing that comes to mind for me is uh, Drew Tranquil, who came over from the Chargers this year, has filled in for uh, Bolton a couple uh, a couple times this year, and very well plays all three linebacker positions. I'm just curious your thoughts. Having played linebacker, can, can you talk to you know Chiefs team about how really difficult that is, and just because you can play one linebacker position to be able to play all three and be the green dot, uh, not having been here for more than a year, that's that's fairly interesting, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, that obviously shows like a very strong understanding of the game. I mean, no matter your level of talent, I don't think a lot of guys could actually play multiple positions. And also, you got to consider that some guys maybe could play multiple positions, but they wouldn't play it well. And he's obviously playing it very well, which which kind of is, is very defining because remember, most guys have usually in the typical in the National Football League have only played opposition most of their life. And so to be able to come in, even though the positions are very similar and they're still very different, at that level and sort of be able to adapt to that speed and also just like the schematics of the game all obviously make sure that he's a smart guy that has a very strong understanding of the defensive scheme yeah it's it, it's really amazing to me it's funny you, you made mention of something a lot of guys can play the position not well that's what i did at offensive line i could play the position but just not very well thank <laughs> <laughs> goodness i could snap a football though right it is what it is sure <laughs> Well, the Chiefs are five one, five and one, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit uh, more. But I want to go back uh, with you. I'm drafted in the fifth round in the two thousand and two draft. Five. 2000, 2005, Sorry, okay, two thousand five draft. Fifth round pack uh, pick. Um, just talk to me. Can you remember back then what you were feeling? I mean, it was an incredible experience. I mean, like, I mean, I guess the Chiefs were were one of the teams that I'd actually met with at the actual combine in Indianapolis. But you know, I mean, you even though that some of those meetings show that a team may be more interested in you, you just never really know where you're where you're going to go. You know, I mean, I was a, a fifth round projection, and and clearly they they got that right because I mean, the Chiefs took me in the fifth round. I mean, it was you know, it kind of set the foundation for my life. It was a rap deal, but I mean. The entire draft process was a whirlwind. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I thought there was chances of going earlier. I mean, you get you get different calls, uh, but everything kind of worked out the way that it should have. You know what I mean? Everybody always wants to get drafted higher, of course, um, yeah. for, for the obvious reasons. But, like, I, I don't think my situation could have worked out any better for me than it did. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a crazy day. Like, I we, we did it at home. I obviously didn't have a draft party because there was a certain level of insecurity that this might not happen at all. 
And I really didn't want that awkward moment of staring around the room, looking at everybody, wondering like what's really happening and why is everybody here and they're not watching anything happen. And well, this is strange, but we kind of avoided that, you know? Yeah. You know, you know, one of my favorite quotes is I've known a great many of troubles, most of which have never happened by Mark Twain. And that is something our minds uh, really go haywire at times. Now, you, you mentioned being a fifth round pick and not knowing what's going on. You know, I was an 11th round pick, you know, 291st person taken. So right away, feeling really good about myself. So I obviously didn't have a draft party as well. But um, let, let's go back to you. And you get drafted in the fifth round because you have a stellar college career. Um I mean, you you were all league. I think you were MVP of the league at times. You were runner up in the Buck Buchanan, which is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy uh, in one double A at Illinois State University. Just talk about your your uh, I, I guess your your college career. How you ended up at Illinois State? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of strange looking back, you know, because this wasn't like the seventies, but I was relatively like undiscovered. Um, I think uh, uh, an Illinois State graduate assistant came to my hometown in the off season just because as graduate assistants do, they're trying to like earn a better job. You know what I mean? They're trying to really do right. a job. And obviously everybody kind of wants to be someone who finds somebody that's not necessarily on the radar. And, and I yep. was lifting weights and they were actually, this is like the spring of my junior year. They were actually there to kind of see a friend of mine that was more like an offensive lineman, like 6'4", 275-pound guy with long arms and you know, he fit the mold more. And this guy saw me lifting weights and he kind of stayed in touch with me over the summer. And then they came to my like first game um, of my high school year. And they actually offered me a scholarship over the weekend. But like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell them yes, because like, I didn't, I didn't know you were supposed to. I kind of thought in the ideal way, like you get people to want you. And then hopefully if some want you, others will. I mean, I, I don't gamble and don't play poker, but this is how I thought it would work. Um, yeah, but strangely, like the Illinois State was really the only school that ever came calling. Like, I mean, they were one double A at the time, which I believe is now FCS. Uh, right. They, you know, there was no Division two, no Division threes, no NAIAs, no Division ones. No one kind of knew that I existed, and and so they gave me an opportunity, and it, and it kind of set the foundation and changed my life. Then I mean, I wasn't ready to play college football at, at all, right? But I was kind of a, a weight room kind of junkie, was just kind of obsessed with the change that I could do. But like, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in a small town and worked out at a YMCA primarily. So like, you know, my my version of lifting weights was what the 30, 40, 50 year old guys have taught me in the weight room that have probably been reading Muscle Magazine. So then I get to college, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they give me a, a meal card and a real strength coach. And like, you know, I just kind of grew up. I mean, I mean, I don't yep. even think I shaved until I was like a junior in college. So like I was still kind of like developing quite a bit And college was a wonderful opportunity. I got, I got lucky due to someone else's misfortune, you know, after redshirting and kind of developing like a senior got hurt. So I got to play as a freshman and, and kind of got to jump on the scene. And then like, I got to be like a, a I got. I was. I was a runner up to the Buck Buchanan. I think three times. I'm like the greatest silver medalist ever. Like the just the best at winning second. <laughs> Um, right. Which looking back was, is, is even kind of just a more interesting story. I mean, when, you know, one year I, I lost to the chief Jared Allen, which was, which was great. I mean, I actually kind of think he did deserve it. He had like 22 sacks and 30 tackle right loss. And I may have loved the nation in tackles, but like, those are like Madden numbers for sacks. And I think even threw in a touchdown on there, of course, because why not play some tight end and long snap a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so well-deserving, you know, I mean, I think every year I lost to someone who did get drafted higher than me too, looking back. So like, I mean, it was relatively humbling. It was a great, great experience. Um, Illinois State was good, was good to me. 
was very good to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You talked about it. you you were kind of fell through the cracks to a degree. Now you're you're a, you're a smaller linebacker height wise. I want to say five sure. eleven six foot somewhere in there. Um, um, and you only get draft. You only get you know one scholarship offer. Was there was there any type of chip on your shoulder, or was it simply a happy to have the opportunity? I mean, what was the mindset at that point in time? Well, I think both. You know, I mean, where where we're from is this kind of such like a, a humble place that we'd never really thought about going to college to play football and scholarships. So, like, right. I mean, I remember walking through Illinois State on a visit, and like, I mean, it could have been Texas to us, to like me and my parents. You know, what I mean, like it was. We hadn't seen anything like that, and it was, you know, relatively very outdated at the time. Now they've updated most of their facilities and are doing uh, the same things that a lot of college football is. Um, I, I think that there was there was a chip and wasn't. You know, I, at first I was just grateful to be there, and then the competitive aspect kicked in. Or once you're there and you start to have some success, and you realize that you can play alongside of other people, that's when the chip started to develop more. And so then I think by the time that I was like a redshirt sophomore and it helped me quite a bit because almost every year you know we would play a, a major division one team probably because i think we were getting money for it and they were supposed right. to win but that was my uh that was kind of like my time to shine like you know i mean so, you know i just remember thinking like everybody on this team was supposedly better than me so like let's uh well let's see how this really shakes out um so i definitely think that a, a chip was developed but initially right i think i was just very grateful to be there that's awesome. And, and you know, it, it, it's interesting. I always say to, to me, I enjoyed football. I don't know if I loved it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what it could do for me. I, I really began to love the, the snapping, which is obviously my specialty. But the one thing I've always said is, is the one position group that, that I think would play football for free and that truly just loves it, it's in their blood, is the linebackers and 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 just what they do. I'm curious, is that the case for you? Did you have this deep love for football? <clears throat> I think a little bit of both, though. I think you worded that like appropriately. Like I, I love football. I love the things that mm -hmm. football uh, gave to me, and and I looking back, think I really, really enjoyed the game. But I think I loved most the things the game the, the game gave to me more than the game. And what I mean by that is uh, like the competitiveness and the camaraderie. Um, yeah, obviously it gave me a living for a few years and it gave me a beautiful roller coaster of a ride for a small town kid for just a couple years, you know, before I had to transition into a adult life. But like, you know, I loved the game at times, but I think I really loved more of what the game gave me and the way that it made me feel and the way that I could like compete at that level. You know, and what I mean by that, even in more detail, is like, you know, some guys genuinely just love the game. Like they'll watch football right. all day long. Like, and like, I don't do that. Or, you know, like, why I never went into coaching is as much as it looks like fun and glory, like there's so many hours of just yeah. film and, and like, right. I don't love it that much. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think you really need to love something through and through to spend that much time with it. And so like there, there's been times that I loved it, but I think I really enjoyed it more kind of the way that you did. I mean, I think some of that um, passion and where you comes from is, you know, usually a lot of linebackers kind of fly around and like they have a certain level of energy and I think right. that's like, I mean, I feed off energy of people around me. So like, I think I had good energy, but I also just get excited and I'm relatively theatrical and no matter what we're doing. You know, that, that is, I, I remember several good things about you. I was sitting here thinking, you know, and, and every week I, I interview somebody who, 
Matt, it's been a long time since I talked to him. And here a few weeks ago, it was LeVon Kirkland, who was a linebacker for the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah. it was like, we just talked the other day. And it's the same thing with you. I mean, we haven't talked probably since the careers yet. You know, I text you, yeah. see if you can do this. You're like, absolutely. And, and it, it's interesting when you play with guys and I, I, I don't know, we have the same type of personalities I see. And I guess a lot of it would have to do with the fact that we were on special teams a lot and made our living that way. But I think it's interesting the relationships you develop uh, in football. Uh, and even when you go away and you, you traded, cut, whatever it is, uh, those years of bonding, I think, are, are, are almost unlike any others to a degree. Maybe I, I would actually, I would probably maybe – I compared a little bit to the military and how they are because they they depend on each other and you know brings up the point that I'm actually coming I'm doing the uh, the the webcast today from War Horses for Veterans which is a 501c3 where we help uh, vets and transitioning active duty you know help w- with their mental aspect and everything mind body spirit and everything but I think these groups they get closer than some others does that does that ring a bell with you? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, when you know people say camaraderie and locker room and like the culture of of football, you know, those are big, easy, I guess, corporate buzzwords almost to throw around these days. But like, right. I think you're you're absolutely right. Like traditional jobs don't go through the roller coaster of an experience that we did right. together. You know, what I mean, like, I mean, just think of it from even details. Like when you kind of go through misery together, it brings you closer together, whether you're like the kind of people that hang out all the time or not. I mean, you got to do this longer than me, but like in 2005, we were still doing old school training camp. I mean, it was like river full, two a days, full pads, 10 days in a row. Like it was rather than crazy in a way, right? Like when you go through that together, and I think it, it just, it builds kind of even like a subconscious bond. I mean, yes, not everybody has each other's numbers. And reaches out and has like stayed in touch, but like to see one another again, your mind flashes back to that time when you were a kid and you're in the locker room. Let alone like you know you have like good experiences of success, and then you even have some of the failures that are along the way. But like you know, the locker room is just kind of a, a special place. So I think it's it's easier to bond than like your traditional office. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, those yeah, are no. I would agree completely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Then when we come back, we're going to talk more about life uh, off the field and life after football. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. I personally have been talking to somebody for a few years now, and it's amazing how much better you'll feel by learning more about yourself through it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, back with Boomer Grigsby, former linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, four-year NFL veteran, uh, drafted in the fifth round in 2005. Okay, Boomer, um, I mean, we could talk about all in the field stuff, but but that I get, I think gets talked about all the time. I'm curious, you know, you have your three years in, in Kansas City, and then you move to um, was it Miami? Correct. Yep. Yeah, with Saxon, and, and you changed positions, and I don't want to talk about that. Not from the physical standpoint, what you did on the field, but mentally, I honestly can't even imagine the mindset you would have. to to have to do something like that because for, for the folks of you out there listening or, or watching, uh, I mean, moving positions at this level is almost unheard of. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. Like, I mean, that's actually something that I kind of reflect back on personally. You know what I mean? Like I, I actually yeah. moved the fullback my, my third season in, in Kansas city. Um, okay. Like Herm, Herm kind of came to, I mean, Vermeil drafted me and after his first year he retired and you know, that's, Obviously, uh, that's not the best luck because usually when someone drafts you, you're kind of more of their guy. Herm came in um, and things changed a little bit for me. And in my third year, he kind of suggested my best chances of making this football team were to play fullback, um, which and some of that had to do with it. In, year, in the second year, I think uh, Ronnie Cruz like hurt his knee in Pittsburgh. And so right. they started working with me just like occasionally in practice as like an emergency fullback. You know what I mean? And I must have taken on to it okay uh I, I never played it before you know so you know i agreed to do the switch uh which there's no regrets you know i mean I, i'm proud of it and i think right. i did what i had to do to survive but you know now with a little bit more intelligence i look back like i was primarily a special teams player and like there's eight linebackers on 32 teams and there's like awful back on 20 so like statistically yeah. speaking i was really limiting my my future but uh you know, it, it worked out, and we made made the team in Kansas City in the third year. And then um, I ended up going to Miami because James Saxon, uh, the Chiefs running back coach, he went there. Right. He was he was really the one that was responsible for converting me from linebacker to fullback. And then you know, I mean, the NFL is is a competitive place. Like once you're kind of something, you can't really say I want to be the other. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, so, I kind of had to continue to go with that. And so I went to Miami. Miami didn't work out for me. Uh, you know, at least it's a it's a fun story, I guess. Like, I think that I'd like to say that I helped revolutionize football. Um, I went to Miami. I uh, beat out their starting fullback. Um, started week one against the Jets. Far beat us by like 30. And I must have played so terrible that they fired me the following day and created the Wildcat. So, like, I look at him as, like, because because of my performance, the Wildcat was yeah. created. There you go. Miami went on to have, like, a fairly successful year. They might have even made the playoffs. And the rest is history. So, like, if you're going to fail, fail hard, you know. Absolutely. Um, 
And then, so I, I sat the most of the rest of that year out, uh, which was relatively humbling. You know, I mean, to start week one right. and then, um, then be not playing. Uh, I went to Houston the following year. I was kind of reviving the career um, in a way, as you could say, and uh, tore my ankle up in the first preseason game against Kansas City at Kansas City, um, which I wow. guess now seems relatively poetic now when I look back on that. Um, and then it was just kind of enough for me. Like, I don't know if I necessarily hung them up too easy. Um, I'm not sure where it really could have went. I'd been around enough and I thought that I was rational enough that I, I didn't want to be a guy just continuing to try to play if I didn't really think I had an opportunity. I mean, my, I, I, you know, I, I respect those guys that do that. I just kind of need to know that I actually have a real chance and like it needs time for me to maybe go do something else. You know, it's interesting. I get the good fortune out here at War Horses to speak to special ops and and vets and you know Navy SEALs, Rangers, uh, you, you name it, and just and just the general population. And, and and you know, obviously, what we deal with and what they deal with are, are two different things. We're just playing a game. They're dealing with life and death and things that they've done for 15, 20, 25 years. But what I found out is kind of our mindsets are similar in terms of when you do something for a while because you've been doing it you know, either from grade school or in college or whatever, and all of a sudden this piece of you is gone, sometimes it's hard to deal with. I, I'm curious. Uh, oh. I mean, it sounds like you had a rational thought of things to to a degree, but um, I mean, did it mess with you mind-wise? And, and how did you transition out? A hundred percent. I mean, now that I look back, you know, I don't think that anyone's necessarily ready to leave the game. There is guys that do get a walk away on their own terms, and everyone knows that that's very rare, even for even for star players. You know what I mean? But yep. but generally speaking, I don't think anyone really wants to accept that. You know, like uh, someday, you know, you you might not want to be done with football, but football will be done with you. And yep. when that's become so much of your life, I think that was that was very difficult for me. And even as a relatively insignificant professional football player. It's still kind of been your identity for probably the last ten years. You know, if you're adding college right. into it and everything that you do, and so I think it's it's a lot more difficult than than people think to make that transition. I mean, even on like simple things like I do medical device sales now, but like I never had a primary care doctor. I just went to the training room. You know, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got a gym. Know. I, I never really had a gym. I had the Chiefs gym. Like you know, what I mean, yeah. Like, like the littlest details of your life things that like you know you never really had to figure out and also something else that crossed my mind is like i never really made like a full-on adult decision and what i mean by that is like you know when you get drafted you don't really say no and i didn't want to say that. <laughs> exactly well, let's be let's be clear on this like yeah you know i mean like you kind of go where they take you and you're just kind of grateful to be there and then you, you yeah. play as long as you can like it's it's not like uh you know i just decided to change careers you know halfway through or anything like it's just it kind of overcame my my entire identity, like as a man, and so it, it did take a while to separate from that. Like you know, I now work at a company called Striker. That's a medical device company. It's kind of very known for culture, and it's kind of very known for people. And that's what I'll say. The one the one thing about that company or this company that makes it a little bit different is a lot of people have like a friend at work. You know, maybe somebody that you may have coffee with or occasionally talk to in the lounge. Like, but we have a lot of best friends at work because they're similar minded kind of people and like that's how football yep. was for me like i mean I, I had best friends in the game so like but even think about it from that level like you know i mean when, when i was on the outside you kind of want to go call a best friend and you're like no they're at practice <laughs> exactly <laughs> yep. they're they're doing this so like like you just oh you're just so limited on like your moves 
You know what I mean? And it's, uh, I think it can become very distracting. And I can see that it, I can actually see how it can be very difficult for guys that are as, as insignificant as I was to guys that were even more because even more of their identity was drawn to who they are. Right. You know what I mean? So like, and yeah. people like to think, well, like, yeah, they have a lot of money and like, well, and that may be self, but like, you know, I can tell you that a lot of people would trade a lot of that money to like to have who they were again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, no, no one yeah. has to feel sorry for, for even star players that go out. But like, I still could see how it would be very, very difficult. You know what I mean? Almost like it'd be more, it was almost better for me that I didn't have a lot of money because like I had to go to work. Like if I did, I probably just would have been like a freight train of a disaster for a couple of years, like rolling around the country and having a great time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people, um, they think that, yo, then you, you've got this all this time to yourself. That must be awesome. And and what I've found is how I connect with some of these guys out here that are transitioning out of the military is I my, my time was spoken for every day and what I was doing. And I was told what to do, as you mentioned. Then all of a sudden it's done. And it's like, how do you deal with it? And you know, obviously, I, mean, I know you've got some friends as well, probably you remember from your time who haven't done well after football, just like I do, and some yeah. who have done great, but uh, it's not an easy thing. Now, you said this after football, you, you went out and get a, got a job. Did you go to striker right off, or did you uh, do some other things and, and, and kind of have a transition time? I did. I was fortunate um, that my my college roommate and best friend, like when I, was, when I got drafted, he went into medical device sales already because the guy had no idea what it was. Um, right. And, and it's and it's a good industry to be in. It's been very good to me. But like I had no idea that it existed. So when I was at that like crossroads of am I done playing? Am I still gonna play? He was kind of right. suggesting like this is what I do. I think you'd be good at it. But like once again, like so I mean think about it, like how much football has been a part of my life is that even post yeah. NFL football, you know, my college roommate who like literally drove me away from my hometown the first time as my parents sat outside and I'm probably trying to hold back tears because he's in a truck oh, yeah. in Oklahoma, like comes back around after pro football to like help me transition to a career that's been that's been great to me. So like football has absolutely been the, the foundation of my life. That is awesome. Now, you know, another foundation I, I know because I, I see it on Facebook. I feel like I keep in touch with you. And we always do this because of Facebook. So I see some things, but you have a family now. Talk about that to the degree that you're comfortable. Yeah, but that's interesting. <laughs> I'm very comfortable. Uh, kids are, are a wonderful blessing, you know, as everyone says. I feel a little relatively misled by some of my buddies that just looked at me and said, oh, best thing ever, but didn't really tell me the details of like, you know, I have a three and one, they're almost two and four little boys and some older girls. And uh, my little boys are savages. Like, I feel like, you know, on a Saturday, the only thing I can do is follow them around with like a drink. Otherwise, I'll climb out the counter and grab a knife or, you know, go out to the garage and find gasoline. Like, they're just busy, curious little boys. It's uh, It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's just a lot more work than, uh, you know, someone ever said, if you've ever owned a pet, like that, they're, they're wrong. That's, there's no comparison to owning a pet. Uh, my son will sit on the floor <laughs> for four hours and just chill. You know what I mean? And he also doesn't care if he stayed up late the night before. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, that is all. Awesome. You know, I, I got a patient wife and, and, and a beautiful patient wife actually. And so she, she helps with that quite a bit. Um, we're enjoying it. We're just in the, in the hard phase of, Young ones that are mobile and busy. Yeah, you know, I remember my two boys. My first one walked at around 11 and a half months or so, um, Blaze. And that, you know, I thought that was cool, but then I realized that changed my life. So my second, I, I didn't encourage him to walk at all because 
I mean, that was going to change everything. And I think I, I finally propped him up at a year and he just took off and he probably could have walked for a month, but I, I was in no hurry to get that going because kid kids are crazy. There's no doubt about that. Um, I can tell from the, from the post, how much you love that. I, I'm curious because you're in a different uh, sense of it. Like I was fortunate since I played so long that my boys remember me playing football. They remember coming onto the field. They, they remember you quite honestly. Um, and you won't have that because this happened outdoors, but uh, will there be a time where, or have you already sat down with them or were are to the, are they to the degree that they'll watch any football yet or thinking about it and you talk about it or is that just a past life? Uh, it, it's a mixture of both. You know what I mean? Like they, they were around it because when I, when they inducted me into the college football hall of fame, you know, we got to go back there. Yep. Remember he was, he was three. So like to bring him on the field, like it, he was energetic and jumping around. We're trying to take a picture and waiting to the crowd. Right. Right. Like he's probably too young to really recall that. Um, but I think it's amazing. How cool was that? Very cool. Like, I mean, it's one of my favorite pictures of, of that weekend. Yeah. Like my son kind of jumping through the air. I'm supposed to be like looking forward, taking a picture, holding a plaque. And he's literally like flying through the picture because, <laughs> you know what I mean? To him, like the crowd is for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was his audience. Uh, and I loved it. And I loved the moment. You know, I've went back and forth on this. Part of me wonders if it was better that I had had children at an older age. I mean, I'm 41. Right. So you know, I got yeah. my first child was 37 almost, and um, I thought it was maybe better because I was older and arguably had a little bit more patience, maybe a little bit more security. Uh, I never had lots of security in the National Football League either, but uh, now I kind of wonder if it's better to be a younger man's game because you know the older you get, I can think that the more stuck you kind of get in your ways, and so like little sacrifices maybe are more difficult just because you're not used to doing it as often. But right. I mean, I mean, I think I think it could go really either way. Like I, I, I hope they want to play football. Like I'll introduce football to them. I mean, hockey's become a big thing out here. Like I'm supposed to take oh, skating tonight for the first yeah. time. Uh, I didn't have hockey where I grew up, but you know, you kind of got to start young and and learn to skate before you can really play a game. So he's going to try to do that uh, tonight. Um, but like I, I, I don't know if they'll really associate me with it unless I'm around it more as they get older. You know, right. That's that's interesting because people ask me what my favorite memories are of football, and I tell them is walking out onto the field after the Pro Bowl with my two boys on either side, and then all the times that they came into the locker room were on the field with me. That those are my best memories, and I you know I had the good fortune to to play in a Super Bowl and play in a Pro Bowl, but uh, nothing n- nothing beats having your kids with you out there. And so I, I can't imagine that, and that brings up the good topic because. Uh, that's the one thing that I was going to end with is talking about. You go into the, the College Football Hall of Fame in 2022, I believe. Um, to say that is a tremendous honor uh, is an understatement. Just talk to me about that whole experience. I mean, they uh, it, it's really amazing with that, how that organization has put that together. You know, and frankly, when you're playing college football, you're not really thinking about the College Football Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I had no real understanding of the of how difficult and how prestigious that they presented. They really do a great job. I mean, they once you go in, they send you like a ball that has your name on it, and like a certificate. If you're gonna read, like you know, out of the six million players that have played college football, you are you are one of a thousand and eight that are in the college football hall of fame. It's kind of like a point zero zero two percent deal. I mean, the criteria was that you needed to be a first team All American in order to even be eligible. 
So if you think about that, there's there's a lot of guys that are incredible in the National Football League, but they probably weren't a first team All American in college, right? You know, and then there's other guys that were first team All American for multiple years, and then I think as a smaller school guy, it's it's a it's a compliment, and and I'm very proud because obviously, I mean, I, I was a three year first team All American, but let's right. be realistic, I was at Illinois State, not Alabama or you know USC, which which I completely understand. Um, I'm just very grateful that it happened at the time that it did. And what I mean by that is like, you know, Illinois State was an hour from where I grew up. And so my parents are still alive and they got to be a part of that. Like, I think it would have been very cool to go into the to the Hall of Fame at any age. But I think it was a lot better for me that like my parents and my grandparents got to like come and experience it and like be a part of it, uh, which which because they were a part of it the whole time. You know what I mean? So I think that made it like a lot more of a beautiful experience for me just instead of like maybe if it's 15 years from around my parents are gone yeah you know what i mean i feel like right. it could almost be more difficult but i mean no matter when you do it's an honor it was just a unique club too to kind of be sitting around talking to like lavar errington and andrew luck and champ bailey yeah and, you know all these guys and just it's kind of surreal you know what i mean like guys that like you know you played some pro football with or you even looked up to at some other point in your life now you're like in a new club with them you know what i mean because that that group of that that class is kind of like immediately like you're talking about like a locker room. Like I'm like very confident that even though there was just a few days with each other two different times that I could call any of those guys and like fly to their city and hang out with them to watch a college football game and have like a tremendous weekend. That is awesome. You know, I get the good fortune out here in War Horses to speak to the vets, but I also speak to high school kids, teacher and student. I, t- I speak to corporations. And one thing, I always talk about mindset being intentional and persistent, but the other thing that I talk about is the importance of, of being grateful for what you have and what you do. And this wasn't anything I had planned to talk about today, but I sense this this in you. I, I think people that knew you back then, you were very out, outgoing and boisterous. I don't think people would have seen this cerebral side of you, which I, I think is beautiful. I knew it because I was around you every day, but um, you really, to me, give off a huge sense of gratitude for everything that you've done and that, that you're having the, the chance to do now. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's a lot of layers to an onion, you know what I mean? And actually one of the, one of the best things about uh, what, what I realized later in life and kind of looking back was that like, I, I looked relatively nefarious with tattoos and kind of a, a meathead look. And then if you used a three syllable word, even if it was syllable, people would think you were like intelligent. It was like, it was almost like the precedent was sent so low. It was easier to arrest right. them. Um, and then I think there's more to it than that too. But also like everyone has some sort of natural bias and will judge a book by its cover slightly. Right. So if you go um, win people over that way, I think that it really kind of makes them gravitate towards you a little bit more. And and I don't know where that, that came from. I think I just kind of cared. But like, I think I've always been relatively grateful. And grateful is an interesting word. Like it's, it's also taken some time and experience to feel that way. There's been a lot of moments in my life that I definitely wasn't grateful. And right. even though I and even though I knew I should be, I just couldn't get my head around you know the, some of the things that were happening to me and where my life was at. Um, but I think you know as as you get older and as like as you mature, even though it's not my, my favorite word, you you start to look around at some of the things that you go through and realize that those are definitely first world problems, you know, compared yeah. to things that other people may go through. Uh, and not that it makes that any uh, easier per se, but I think that it's right. important. I think I've always sought out some sort of perspective and like, that's what that's very, that's helped me very much in my professional life, you know, of, of like, 
you know, in the National Football League, I was barely making the team, but I was hanging out with guys that were superstars because I felt like I was right. If I had a talent, like I was just a, a natural superstar coat tailor. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like when I look back, that's okay. I, I, had, I, had some, I had some great adventures that were completely had nothing to do with me other than just being a likable guy that somebody would bring around. Yep. Well, but there's obviously something to be said to, said for that. Um, we could talk all day, but I mean, before we you know have a couple final questions, I'm just curious: are, are there any guys that you keep in touch with very much from your career? Um, not not enough. You know I mean, like uh, I used to see Jared a lot. I'm the same way. That's why I off out, and you know, yeah. um, it's like if we did, there'll be like occasional text messages between people. You know, what I mean, like uh, me and Will's VTech were drafted together. Uh, okay, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, seeing where he's at in the world, like I mean, I was drafted the same year as Derek Johnson. I think he's going in the, the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, so, like, I you know it'd be good to see him. You know, I mean, that's the only thing I've done first before him. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which which was right, rightfully so. I mean, he's a superstar in Texas. He played in Kansas. I mean, what an incredible yeah. career. You know what I mean? But it'll be. If I get to go to that event out here and he's going in, it'd be good to reconnect. Like when you when you see somebody that you haven't seen in quite a while, it comes back right away. It's just, you know, people move all over the country and almost have to have a different kind of lives. But uh I mean that that's all I can really think of at the yeah. moment. I saw I saw Dustin uh cope with like on Facebook a little bit. I think I texted with him a couple of years ago. Like, you know, I went back to a Tennessee game and actually just even forgot that he might even be there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It was like I mean, after no, the fact. I it. And, and that's what I asked you because I really don't have any guys that I keep in touch with that much. And I think that's something that people find interesting and, and hard to believe, which is just life moves on. The, you, I, the co- All the coaches I played for, they always talk about the fact that the one constant was the shield. The NFL will keep going with or without you, and, and you just for move sure. on with your life. So, okay, before we let you go, because this has obviously been great, the one question I ask everybody is basically this. Is there one high uh, from your football career that you uh, you remember, and, and one low as well? Um, you know, I mean, I, I remember like a couple different highs. You know, I'll never forget the first time running out uh, into Arrowhead Stadium. You know, what I mean, like I remember I played at a small school. I never played at at an audience or a crowd that big, and like all I can relate to, I felt like you know Russell Crowe and the Gladiator. You know, what I mean, like I remember <laughs> running out and wanting to be like a wild, angry. That was trying to be like pumped up and psychotic and just wanted to be mean uh-huh. and mad. I just remember kind of like tearing and just being like, I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> like, it was like the opposite of being like mad and ready to rock. I was more just like little little tears yeah. of joy coming down my face from that experience. Um, you know what I mean? And the other ones I don't even think had to do with me. Like, I mean, I gotta I gotta like I got to pick Jared up in the end zone once when he scored. Of course, I was playing offense and he was playing defense and he scored and I didn't. Um, and then no <laughs> surprise there, but I got I got to pick him up once in the end zone. And then and I, I think we came back from a game um, and like uh, against like, I think we played, we, we played the Broncos once on Thanksgiving night and I'll never forget that energy. And then another yeah, time, yeah. That, uh, I, I don't know if we came back from the Raiders, but it was where Larry went off in the game. And like yeah. at one point, you know, he'd like, I think at one point he grabbed a flag in the end zone and waved it and spiked it in the ground. It's just like one of the most badass celebrations I've really ever seen. Like uh, so, like there was so many, so many great moments. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Some bad moments. 
You know what I mean? I, I just remember training camp was hard for me. Like I remember like yeah. in that third year when I got to do hard knocks, like I didn't think about it, it was just a really good story. I'm a third year player and a three year contract moving from linebacker to fullback. Like, is he going to make it? And like, I don't know. Is he going to make it? Like, I remember thinking like, this could be relatively embarrassing if this doesn't work out well for me. But then I also right. remember thinking like, well, regardless, I mean, I'm going to try just as hard. So maybe this is something that I yep. could like look back upon. Um, mm -hmm. So there was a lot of stress for me playing. So there was probably a lot of dark moments, but like, I don't have one, you know, I, I dropped the ball or like, you know, right. or something yep. just completely ridiculous that like, uh, you know, I, I wish I could take back. I mean, I'm sure there were several moments of like that, but like, you know, it was more just like, it was a grind for me week to week, you know, right. and that's okay too. Kind of, kind of, it yeah. taught me a lot, you know, cause just because you make the team doesn't mean you stay on the team. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's one thing about professional football is like you are some of us, you know I mean? Not everybody are, are kind of replaceable and like, that's okay. So if you're, if you're smart enough to see that, you know what I mean? Like it can really weigh on you. I mean, you come into a practice building as a linebacker in your first or second year and there's eight linebackers in there working out with a general manager and a scout and you're kind of like, well, I don't start. So those guys aren't replacing any of those guys. Like, wow, oh, those guys could be interviewing for my job right now. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. think about that from a mindset level. Like, no one goes to work and sees a couple people that are kind of working out for their job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is tough. I mean, that's what, you know, that, that's one of many of the things that you and I had in common is the fact that we're, we're marginal players trying to make a team each and every year. And I think it's interesting. I mean, there's, you know, a bit of a generation between us, yet we got along great, which is what the locker room does. I mean, age, race, religion, you name it. 100%. Uh, everything in this world, we're like the, the locker room, I don't think we'd have these issues, quite honestly. Oh, for sure. I think one of the first days I was there, kind of like we were walking, like it was, it would have been like a, a rookie training camp. We were walking through the, the locker room and the guy's like, what's up, coach? And you're like, I'm not, I'm not a coach. <laughs> yeah. You're not the first one to do that. And you weren't the latest either. Trust I me. didn't say that. Like I'm real no, clear here, and I would have waited before I said something like that. Someone else said it. I should remember. I mean, yeah. you took it well and it was funny. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, it was incredible. Because it is. And you said you, yeah, that you played as long as you did. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's nuts that you had that, you know, that, that talent of snapping that well. You know what I mean? Like that's absolutely yeah. incredible. And obviously that's what allowed you, I think, to hold on. And, and rightfully so. Like a, like a true specialist. I just thought it was interesting yeah. because I mean, clearly you were at that time, probably 10 years older than all of us that were in there. You know? <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. Well, I, you know, I went to this, I went to the pro bowl in 2013 and actually ended up doing things with the coaches because I was, I was closer in age to the coaches than I was the players that were over there for the most part. I mean, not that I didn't get along with them. I and mean, it's just kind of funny. Of course. Yeah. If, 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 if there's one profession to be that, to, that it's good to be old in. It's definitely the NFL because that means you hug around a little bit. Oh my God. I mean, I don't want to compliments. Yeah. If you can't laugh at yourself, there's something wrong. When I speak, I have this highlight film made up of me and all it is, is me just getting the ever living uh, crap knocked out of me each and every time. Because I mean, come on now. I mean, throwing a ball between your legs for a living, not the most cerebral of things to do and, and not the most glorious things to do. So why not have fun with it? I think. Yeah, well, let alone you got to run down and try to tackle some of the greatest athletes that have ever played in the game. Exactly. And so, <laughs> well, and and with the exception of the punter, I'm probably the worst athlete on the field at the time. <laughs> Just being honest, and it, as I always say, you know, I, I consider myself a sheepdog. I would herd them to people like you and let you make the tackles because I thought tackles were showy. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right.
We appreciate it very much. I want to say thank you, obviously, to Boomer Grigsby, former Kansas City Chiefs uh, linebacker. Thanks again to Crowd Automotive, Lawrence, Kansas, uh, for all your new Volkswagen, Toyota needs. Go to Crown, feel the Crown drift difference, drive the Crown difference. And uh, Boomer, it has been great reconnecting. I appreciate you going beyond the game with me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.